You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. God is shifting the way we see time. And that's what I want to talk about today. Even that word over uh, him being raised from the dead, you know, the coffin's ready. They're ready to put him in. And God's like, I'm not done. I'm not done. I am shifting the time. He is dead, but now he's alive because there's something else for him that needs to be completed on this earth before he meets eternity. And I feel like that is part of the word God wants us to know is that I am not done. And we heard that prophetic word of, of uh, end times that, you know, that is that, that there is a crescendo happening right now. But in the midst of that, there's a lot of things that are going to happen in order for the sound to be full. The sound of God has to be full in the earth. And I want to talk a little bit about how we see time. Um, I've got a whole bunch of stuff to share, so we'll just do what we can do. And when we get done, we'll get done. And you know, there may be spillover next week. We'll see. We'll see. But the one thing uh, God has really been talking to me about lately is, I told you this, obedience. I told you this last week. Obedience, obedience, obedience. Um, not almost obedience, not kind of obedience, but full, I'm on board, I'm surrendered, I'm empowered because I'm surrendered, obedience. I mean, he's talking about if I say jump, you say how high. That's what my dad used to say. When I say jump, you better say how high. Well, God says, if I'm saying jump, you're going to say how high because there's something you're jumping into in order to make the splash. When I was watching Uriah this morning, frogging on the carpet, that's what it looked like. It looked like a little frog in, in water just going through the, I could just see the Holy Spirit around him in that splash and um, kind of that's what God is calling us to do, just splash with the Holy Spirit. But prophetically, we need to understand how to see time in order to be able to step into the timing that God has. And I'm going to talk about something that uh, you're going to go, huh, I don't know. But I've said, huh, I don't know for quite a while. So God said, just release it. And as you release it, you'll know more. But we have to know how to shift the time of what is to occur. So let's start. Okay, so last week, I've been reading Proverbs every day. Proverbs 25 was last Wednesday. And uh, out of the Passion Translations, what I've been reading lately, when I read Proverbs 25, 5, I knew that that Logos word had just become a rhema word. And the, the scripture is, and if you purge corruption from the kingdom, a king's reign will be established in righteousness. 
as soon as I read it, I knew that that was what was about to occur. That God was going to begin to purge a kingdom from corruption. I knew it was a word for our nation. I knew that God had just, it was like, it just blew up on the page. It's like I couldn't get past it. I had to write it down. I had to copy and paste it into my journal. I just could not get past it. If you purge corruption from a kingdom, a king's reign will be established in righteousness. We think that we have to follow the time set by the natural, by the world, by the culture in order for things to fall in order. But what we need to understand is that God sets the time that disrupts what is happening in the culture in order for him to evacuate the corruption in the kingdom so the righteous can reign. Amen. And when I heard that uh, Johnson became our speaker of the house, as soon as I heard it, I said, God, that is your word that became the rhema word. That is your word. It was out of order. It was out of time. They didn't need a new house speaker until they got the other guy out. Then all of a sudden they needed a new house speaker. We need to understand that when God releases a suddenly. And it was a suddenly. We went through three nominees that got poo-pooed. We went through 11 other guys that said, I'll throw my hat in. No. No. When God releases us suddenly to disrupt what is happening, and in this specific thing, to disrupt the corruption, so a righteous can rise in the house, it's a sign and a wonder. The raising of the dead was a sign and a wonder to us. We need to acknowledge that God is doing signs and wonders. And he is changing the time. And what we're saying is that there's momentum right now for signs and wonders. There's momentum for evacuating the house of corruption. There's momentum and we're going to see even more momentum occur. I even, when I talked about earlier about the shaking of the states, this is the momentum of God. He is disrupting. And I remember the word uh, Pastor Jean gave us probably three, four months ago that said, it is not a demonic interruption. It is a divine disruption. That God is doing what God is doing to shake loose the things that have had strangleholds. Don't, so don't call what is divine demonic. Amen. Amen. Start seeing the time that God is unfolding for us. Amen. So I felt like this is part of the beginning of seeing time. And like I said, the time's changing this weekend, but that is a prophetic word. We're seeing the time change right now. So we're going to talk about a couple of things and I'm going to read to you. So it's only 160 pages. So, you know, we got time. We got time. We can always Uber Eats if you get hungry. No, I'm just teasing. But I want to talk about this uh, in the terms of 
Can we, now I'm not going to start that. Let me just start over. Erase that last sentence. Okay. So God's been talking to me about time for quite a while, for a couple of years now. And he's been teaching me about how to move in the perfect timing of his. And how to release things that have been delayed in time and bringing them into now. And we've had a lot of practice on that. I don't know if you guys remembered, but we went through a whole season where when things were delayed, we could call them forth and they would come. That was part of the training. You know that when you experience something God has given you, it becomes part of your DNA. It's not just a concept. It is inbred in you. Because you've experienced, so now when there's a delay, you don't think twice about calling that delay in. Because God's shown us how to call it in and it manifests for us. We've called in couches. We've called in t-shirts. We've called in eyelashes. We've called in all kinds of things. And God just did it. And it wasn't about the objects. It was about the training for the next level. We got to understand, we can't focus on the minute. We need to understand what God is doing in order to get us where we need to go. So we can have those breakthrough things that we didn't have before. So it is part of our DNA, calling in delays. When I was up in doing the pastor's meeting uh, two weeks ago or whenever it was, somebody said, I heard all about you guys being able to call in delays. I'm like, okay. And uh, she said, can you call in the delay of my husband? I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. All the other things were inanimate objects. You know, they were... They were houses, they were couches, they were, you know, machine parts. They, were, they weren't people. So I had to kind of wrestle with that. I'm like, God, can I, can I change the trajectory of someone else? I don't know. So I've been praying on that for a little bit and thinking about it. And God showed me we actually can. But... There's going to come with some parameters. So I'm going to kind of talk to the parameters and then we'll go from there. There's my amen in the back. That's just what I needed. From the mouth of babes. He's got it. Uh, this will go into him and he won't even realize that he's operating out of it because he heard, right? So um, we have to understand the shifting of time. Uh, in the in the God realm. Uh, so let's just go there. Let's go to John 2. Uh, where's John? My mind is full, so you guys are going to have to be a little patient with me because my mind is full of uh, what I'm trying to get out of my head. Um, we know that the sons of Issachar out of 1 Chronicles 12, don't, I didn't give you this, but out of 1 Chronicles 12, they knew the time. And a, and a long time ago, I've been asking God, what did they know? I mean, how did they operate to know the time? And we have to know the time, but we don't have to know all the time. We just have to know the time that God has for us now. We just need to know the time that God has for us now. Um, so... I did pray. I did ask the Lord if I could pray for her husband to come in. And so I did uh, call in the delay. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, we got to practice, you know, what we're given. And then we'll, we'll see how it goes. 
But in this practice of time, God has been kind of training me to uh, work on my schedule. Like when my schedule's full, I can say, you know, God, I don't feel like I have enough time for this. But the one thing he's taught me is you have more than enough time to accomplish what you need to accomplish. So he would hold time for me so I could get something done that I wouldn't have normally had time to complete in that day. I've seen him expand time for me where I had all this stuff to do that would have taken more than a day, but I would get it done before the day's over and have time left over. So, so God's been training me about time. And I haven't had to say God hold time or God expand time. I've just said, this is what I've got. So what shall we do? And then he chooses which way to go. Um, so, and, and this is a silly, but I've got to, t- I've got, I want to tell you this because I want you guys to understand where we're about to go. So Friday is usually I try to take a little time off. So Friday, I need to get my nails done. It's important. Everybody who gets their nails done, you can raise your hand and say, that's important. Yeah. Hair and nails it's for girls. That, that's it. I'm telling you. But anyhow, so I, I need to get my nails done, but all they have was a one o'clock on Friday. Well, I had a tennis match in my tournament at two o'clock or they had a 12 o'clock so I wouldn't be done until one so it was going to push me I wasn't going to really have enough time but I knew that early in the week but I went ahead and booked the appointment and uh, I told God I said I know that's just going to squeeze me I'm going to have a hard time getting to my tennis match on time and you know both are important and so Friday morning he was like you called him at 10 o'clock this morning so I called him at 10 o'clock as soon as they opened and I was like, hey, I'm supposed to come at 12. And uh, I just wonder if you have anything earlier. Can you come right now? Yep, I'm right down the street. Got home in time, had plenty of time to get some work done, got tennis. But, you know, that the nails is not what's important. The tennis is not what's important. It's that I needed to figure something out. And I knew God had time figured out. So he said, this is what you need to do in order for your day to work the way it needs to work. So that's what I want us to understand. Time is something that is bendable, expandable uh, with God, rearrangeable with God. Okay, I got one, two, three, four people that agree with me. So we'll see how the rest of this goes. So in order for us to be able to see time, and I'm not talking about in the natural, I'm talking about in the spiritual realm In order for us to be able to see time, we're going to have to understand the way God sees time. Uh, Gene read a scripture last week. He said, it's out of Daniel 11, 32 and 33. It says, the people who know their God. So I want us all to raise our hand. We know our God, but we don't know him like we know that the dog lovers is there right there. We know him like he is a very part of our being. The, that's what he's talking about. He's not, peop, he's not talking about people who have superfluous knowledge of God. He's talking about people who know him. That, that it's a guttural know that they know him so We know him so deeply. People who know their God are, gonna, are going to be strong. So we're going to be strong. We are strong because the word of God says we are. And if there's something not strong in us, then God's got an answer for that lack of strength. Just like he does with time. Everything that is not working for us, God has an answer to solve it. 
There's nothing out there that is too hard for God. There's no physical inability, no mental incapacity, no financial lack that is not able to be rearranged, reworked, restored, renewed, rebuilt, brand new, whatever you want to call it, by God. Because the word says, and this is where obedience comes in. If we don't believe what the word says, then what I'm about to tell you, you'll never be able to walk in because you're unable to receive what the word of God says just in the basic milk. This is a basic milk work. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. How many want to carry out great exploits? I, I want, I want that raising of the dead. I want it. And I want it now. And I want it today. And I'm going to read you something later where we're going to declare that that's what we have. Because this is a time shift that has happened. And those of the, and they are the people who understand, wait, and those of the people who understand, so we understand, shall instruct many. So not only are we going to receive it, but we're going to go out and we're going to impart it. Because it doesn't do any good if only one person carries it. Impartation is a call of God, right? Impartation. So John 2. We know this whole story. It's been preached a thousand times, but I'm going to preach it one more time with a different spin on it. Uh, this is the word that scares me. When I wake up in the night and I know that God is scaring me, uh, then it makes me scared when I wake up and come here in the morning. And it's not a fearful scare. It's a like, this is something we got to grab a hold of because it will be a revelatory breakthrough for all of us. So on the third day, verse one, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. That's important to know. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to do, do it. So Jesus's hour, which means his time, which means his season had not come. It had not come. The time for Jesus to be revealed had not come. But his mother says to him, we don't have any wine. He says, my time has not come. She didn't say, I'm your mother. You do what I tell you to do. She says, hey guys, whatever he says you do. She activates the timing of the Messiah to be revealed even though his time had not come. We need to understand what we're seeing as far as time goes. We need to understand that we can activate something out of time into time. 
We need to think about that. You can go back and listen to this later. It'll be on the website as soon as we leave. But Jesus didn't say, I'm all over it, Mom. I got it. But Mary's request moved forward the time of Jesus' revealing from the future to the current. She knew he was the one and only one who could change the circumstance. She knew it was only him. She didn't know how. She just told him what was going on. But her request brought forth a time that wasn't in time. And not only did he refill the supply, but think about this. He gave them the very best of the kingdom. And he gave them more than they even needed. He shifted the time in the spirit to the time in the natural and manifested exactly what they needed, more than what they needed, the best of what they needed because of the request. There are things that need to be activated now that are set for a time in the future that we have to be able to see into the supernatural, see into the spirit to know how to activate it, to know that we can do it now. Does that make you nervous? The thing that I think about, I was kind of talking to the Lord about this morning, I was like, yeah. So as you think about this, and just using the example of calling for someone's husband. Because um, I went through kind of this process with the Lord. So am I calling him out of time? Out of the timing of the Lord? And that's when God started talking to me about the timing that he's been showing me. And how to partner with him in time. And how he can entrust you with what you're about to ask him for. He trusts Mary's heart. He trusts Mary's heart. Mary knew him. Knew him. She walked for those years, 33 years with him, or 30 years with him. I mean, think about this. There could have been any time But in her heart, it was that time that she put the request out there. And when we think about the timing of God, we think about, well, if it's God's will and God has the perfect timing. And yes, the word does say that. But there are anomalies within the word that show us that there are other options for us. As people who know the heart of God. 
right? The other example I was thinking about was, because I always like, God, I'm going to need some examples in Scripture. i got to have some examples. i got to have some proof texts I can think through. But the other thing I was thinking about was the Samaritan woman. Now think about her. So Jesus had told, and I'm just going to give you a summary. I'm not going to read through all of But Jesus had told the disciples when he sent them out two by two, right? He told them, do not go to Samaria. Don't go there. I'm sending you to, this is uh, Matthew 10, 5. I think I gave that to them. He told the 12 disciples when he sent them out, commanding them, do not go the way of the Gentiles. Do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So they weren't going to the Samaritans. They're going to the lost sheep of Israel. Even Jesus says in 1538, he says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But then he goes through Samaria. After he's told them, don't you go near, don't you go near Samaria? No, no, we're not called to that. We're called to the people of Israel. He goes through Samaria. He can't, he, he intercepts this woman at the well who should not have been there that time of day. He sh- she should not have been there that time of day. The women all came in the morning. She came alone. But what's so interesting, and let me just read a little of this. I think I will read a little of it. Uh, let's start in verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw the water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, sir, I have nothing to draw it with and the well is too deep. Where is the lit? Where, where then do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from himself as well as his son and his livestock? Jesus answered and said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks, I'm sorry, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And she says, sir, Give me the water. All of a sudden, the gospel is open to the Gentiles, to the Samaritans. Suddenly, there is a shift and brings a whole Samaritan village to Jesus. Understand that we carry the power to shift. But we have to know the shifter. We have to know him. We have to be obedient to him. We have to follow him. We have to see time in the spirit, not in the natural. We have to be able to see the way God sees and activate what God is showing us in that spiritual realm. You know, um, as I was reading scriptures this week, I was thinking about, I have like a thousand things I'm thinking about. So here's another thousand things. I was thinking about the woman who committed adultery. And, you know, they come throw her at Jesus' feet and says, yeah, we're going to stone her. Well, 
If he'd been on with the law, he would have been like, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. But he saw in the spirit something different. He saw someone who had sinned just like everybody else with a stone. And he says, he who sinned, throw the first stone. You know, so we've got to learn to see like that. We see in the spirit what Jesus sees in order for us to release what God is calling us to release. In order for us to even shift the timing of something that's set for the future and bring it into the current. And that's a big, that's a big call. That's a big responsibility. But it's not decreeing. And it's not calling something that it's not as though it is. That's not what it is. It's seeing into the spirit in order to know what it is to be released. I want to read this one thing out of uh, A Triumph of Kingdoms because this is where we are. In A Triumph of Kingdoms, they write about some quotes from Smith Wigglesworth where he had prophesied right before he died. And every prophecy he gave was, he gave was right. So I just want to, I'm just going to just glimpse over it real quick. But the first prophecy he gave, this was in 1939. He gave them all at the same time because he says, I'm not going to be around much longer. He was talking to Lester Summerall. And he says, first of all, I see a healing revival come after World War II, which happened in the 40s and 50s, a great move of healing. Then he said, I saw um, people of all denominations being filled with the Holy Spirit, which in the 60s, the Spirit invaded the mainline denominations. Then he said, I see a move of God where auditoriums full of people come in with notebooks and there'll be a wave of teaching of faith and healing which occurred in the 70s. But this is the last one that we are in right now. And this is what we have to uh, see in the spirit because we just get testimony over what's happening. But he says, and after the third wave, which I just shared, he said, sobbing, I see the last day revival that's going to usher in the precious fruit of the earth. It will be the greatest revival this world has ever seen. It's going to be a wave of the gifts of the Spirit. The ministry gifts will be flowing on this planet Earth. I see hospitals being emptied. And they will bring the sick to the churches where they have allowed the Holy Spirit to move. And I believe that that is where we are now. I believe that we are in the very infant stage of this last time revival. You know, we've, we've talked about million dollar, uh, billion soul harvest. We, part, one of our declarations is that the hospitals will be emptied, that the nurses' home will be emptied, that all of these places will be emptied because there's such a wave of the Holy Spirit right now moving through the church that is surrendered to him. The church that is obedient to him. The church that is not battling with power against the Holy Spirit. He is looking for a church, a people that are willing to facilitate and see in the Spirit and allow the move of God and to be fearless in their actions. Like the little video gave, you know, we can have all the information but without activation and movement, 
it comes to nothing. And I believe that that's where we are now, that God is calling us to say, we are ready. We are a people that allow your spirit to move through us, with us, corporately, when we're individually walking on the beach, accosting people for prayer and laying hands on them. <laughs> but that's what he's looking for, to be accosted by the Holy Spirit, to be where, where they are so in awe of what God is doing through you for them. That's what God is calling. He's calling us to be that surrendered people. He's calling us to be the facilitators of this end time revival. Can you imagine? Lord, we just prophesy over Meese Countryside emptied. We prophesy over Meese Dun Eden empty. We prophesy over Helen Ellis emptied. I mean, can you imagine what it's like if all of a sudden our hospitals are empty? Dementia is broken. Parkinson's is no longer. Because God has not only the Holy Spirit moving, but he has a people that are willing to help facilitate what he's trying to accomplish on this earth. That's what I think we're doing. That's where I think we are. It is a shifting in our favor. And God is saying, I am opening your eyes to be able to see in the spirit the time, how the timing works. I'm, I'm going to train you up in moving in a way that you've only read about, you've only dreamed about, you've seen in Acts, the overshadowing of, of the people as we walk into the store today, as we go eat, the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit to bring prosperity into the restaurant we're eating in today, that suddenly their prosperity will increase. That suddenly where they are downcast, that they see the glory of the Lord. It's a suddenly season that he's prepared for the obedient people. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.